Hi, welcome to Fresh Media Presents Podcast. You are joined by myself today, Christian in Paris. We are the host of the podcast. We are now in episode 13. We've come a long way. First of all, we'd like to thank all the listeners for tuning in every week, every Sunday. We appreciate it. We are joined by a special guest today, Cameron. Yes, hi, Cameron Bell. Hi, Cameron how are you? Welcome so to the show. Thanks very Thanks much. For Thanks us. for having me on. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. You're an actor, I believe. Uh, I'm an actor, yeah. I've been uh, an actor since I was about 12 years old, um, just doing school plays, and then it's progressed from there. Um, started off in musical theatre and then made the switch to straight plays and then from straight plays it's gone to film and it's not gone too badly. Um, it's uh, it's kind of ticked over quite nicely. This year has been, um, the start of this year has been very, very, very good for me. There was a, there was a short film that I produced, uh, first time producing called Soft Hands. Mm-hmm. Um, that's done quite well recently. That got accepted into a a film festival in North London and we had a screening there and Mm. uh, we pretty much sold out the screen uh, which was amazing and I was on really really quite a real big high and then more recently about two weeks ago um, the the award ceremony for the North Europe International Film Festival uh, I won best lead actor in a short for out of 13 other people in my category um for the film festival so which is weird when i say it because it's i just i don't see i mean it was it was great it's a really great feeling but at the same time i look at it sort of sitting at my desk and i kind of go this is surely is not real what what have i done you know so for those that don't know what is soft hands about um soft hands is uh a film that was made we shot it two years ago so june it'll be two years Mm. um it's a film about a lead character of who I play called Kieran, um, who is LGBT. He's gay. Um, he has a boyfriend in in college. Yep. He gets horrendously bullied for being who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, his family life isn't that much better. He's got a father that really can't accept him for who he is. Uh, and the story is really about um, the fact that it's okay to not understand how people choose to live their life but Mm. it's not okay to make them feel rubbish about what they choose and especially because um the choices that people have to deal with in life their sexuality is not Mm. their choice at all um Mm. you know they don't choose it it's something that they can't control and Mm. we as a society don't have that right Mm. to To judge anybody exactly yes do you feel like people okay with gay people do you reckon it should be a case where we shouldn't. We should just leave them do what they do. We shouldn't really bother them if people are gay. Let them do what they do. I mean, we don't have to try to understand it, surely, because I know they try to push this agenda that we should try to understand what they feel and how they feel. We don't need to understand nothing, really. We should just let if they want to be gay, so be it. But we shouldn't really care, innit? It shouldn't that's, even that's, be a conversation. I that's feel what like it shouldn't be a conversation. But we shouldn't. We don't have to understand it because not everyone's gonna understand it. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna. People are not gonna get it. I mean, the thing is, it's like uh, it's like any other life choice. Mm. It's mm. it's our own choice to be able to make. You know, we have that freedom. We live in a society, thankfully, where we can we have that freedom of, to mm. choose anything, to love who we love, to yeah. you know go and do what we want to do or pursue mm. what we want to pursue. Yeah. Um. 
and if, if we just we we need to sort of just leave people alone just it, be kind exactly exactly definitely. especially in this day and age where where mm. you know so many tragic things have happened in the past and yeah. you know because of people's choices or you mm. know what they say in the news and there is that that famous thing that seemed to be going around in a, in a world where you can be anything be kind yeah you yeah. know and i think that that is so true um i agree just, yeah, yeah mm. let people live let people live their lives you know yeah. so what inspired you to kind of tell a story like this um, it was a little bit personal experience and a little bit not because um, the director, one of the co-writers, um, phoned me. He's a very good friend of mine, Darren King. Um, he phoned me and he said, come meet me in a pub. Um, I've got this script that I've written and I really want you to read it. And I've kind of written it with you in mind. And um, yeah, I met him and I read the script and what kind of spoke to me about Kieran was... Um, even though he's written as a victim, he doesn't play a victim. So he he can answer back to his bullies, and he can answer back to his dad that he can't, you know, that who can't accept him. Uh, also, um, partly because around that sort of time, there was a lot of things on the news about um, young people who didn't, who tragically they couldn't really see a way out. There was a lot of young people mm-hmm. taking their own lives because of decisions that they had taken or you know getting bullied online getting trolled and everything um and even though the film doesn't necessarily it doesn't make that that statement that it's not okay it does provide people with um a uh, an outlet to Mm. be able to see something and actually be okay with with who they are Mm -hmm. um this little story the, the screening that we had in uh january the end of january um somebody came up to me after the film because I was sat right at the back of the screen because I was so nervous. I, just, I was shaking, I was sweating, I was mm. like, uh, this is for the first time. That didn't really mm. dawn on me until I was on the train up to London mm. um, going, oh, wow, other people are going to see this film. Oh, but it's not just me anymore. Um, and uh, so I was sat in the screen and there was a guy behind me and 10 minutes after the film ended, uh, we were down in the bar and he came up to me and he said, you were in the film, weren't you? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, I was, you know, I was in there too. And I said, oh, great, you know, did you enjoy it? And he said, it, it's amazing, it's so amazing, thank you so much. And I went, oh, no, thank you for coming to see it. Mm. And he said, I'm, I, I realise now that actually I'm okay with saying that I suffer with mental health issues. Mm. Oh, that's um, cool. And because even though the film itself doesn't deal with mental health, it deals with bullying and homophobia, mm-hmm. um, it gave him, it connected with him in a way to allow him to connect that within himself, which is great. I mean, if if that if the film does one thing for one person, that, stop, that yeah. changes the way that they That's live it, their yeah. life, which is amazing. Um I'm I'm very happy with how it was received and how it's continued to be received. Did you expect this or when you No, absolutely mm. not. No. I um I uh you know it was a film that was made with the afterthought of putting it to festivals, which is funny because you know most people say when you when you're writing it or when you're planning a film mm. always think about the festivals <laughs> way beforehand. Yeah. Did you um, say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jenna, uh, yeah, one yeah, of your guests, you said that thing. I was mm. like, oh, we didn't do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, we made it and and then we had the afterthought of, okay, what festivals can mm. we put it into? Mm. Um, and, and uh, you know, we submitted it to, to, to a few and then uh, Rainbow Umbrella Festival in North London, they got back to us. They selected it and then, um, which was great and felt wonderful. And then um, North Europe, 
international film. They selected it, and then we got a nomination, three nominations, oh, wow. Mm. Um, wow. which was just great in itself. And I, uh, I looked because it was uh, LGBTQ award um, best supporting actor in a in a short film, the best lead actor in a short film, and I um, I looked at the at the films that were in my category, and there were thirteen people who were nominated mm. and. I just thought, well, it's nice to be nominated. It's going to be really hard to tell from the other 12 people, not mm. not myself. Yeah. So when it comes to the award night and they open the envelope and they read out, you know, they read out my name, that's, I just kind of went somewhere else. I was like, I didn't really, really know what was going on. What's the award like? What did you actually win? Is it? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a proper trophy. It's, really? it's an award. Yeah. Heavy, uh, heavy cast glass. Mm. Um, and it's engraved and everything. It's got. What with your name on it? My name mm. and soft hands and that's that sitting on my, I have that now. It's sitting on my desk at home and you know, that's my second acting really? award. The first acting award. I Let won me about. buy off you. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. You got a million pounds? <laughs> oh, really? no. I want one. That's nice. nice. Congratulations, man. That's, oh, that's thanks. Dope. Yeah. That's so, dope. where can people watch it? Um, well, at the moment, they're still doing the, the festival round. So, mm. it won't be available for several months yet. We've, right. we've got two or three other submissions to go. Mm. Um, but we are, I mean, this is, hasn't been really talked about, but um, we are looking into getting it seen more publicly and mm-hmm. i know that i want to um have the film screened because it is it's kind of dawned on me that that it's important for people to see because they do connect with it in a in a way that that does move people and mm. that's what i like about film i like mm. that film kind of has that power to be able to move people to be able to create emotions and make you angry or sad or have joy you know that's that's part of the human experience in my opinion mm. so um, would you say it's educational and would you like to maybe eventually get into schools or um i think it's a bit it might be a little bit too old for for educational systems mm. but again that's an avenue that hasn't really been explored yeah um, mm. but it's possible it's it's mm. i guess anything is possible but um i guess it, it is didactic people can take things away from it that's that's been proven um, and I think that, yeah, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to, to say two years after making the film, we, we just sort of thought that that was going to be that. Um, mm. but two years afterwards, it, it seems to have found a, a momentum that I don't think any of us were, were, were anticipating it would do. Um, and yeah, I, I thank, um, I, I thank everybody that was involved, all the team that were involved, um, because it was a collaborative effort and it was truly collaborative because nobody nobody was uh was no we didn't promise anything huge to anyone mm. but everybody mm. came together and gave 110% even the even the people who weren't part of the the creative process so we, there was a there was a day when we had um supporting artists yeah in um for a school scene and uh, and we advertised the the uh, the essays on uh, on one of the, on a casting website. I can't remember which one now, but um, but basically ten or twelve people turned up on the day at, at uh, North London Grammar School. Uh, Is that where you shot it? Yeah, that's where we shot one of the uh, mm. classroom scenes. Mm. And um, and they they didn't you know we didn't pay them. They just kind of rocked up, and we just uh, we had a great day. Um, we didn't stop laughing the entire day. We did the work. 
um, but we had fun at the same time. So did you shoot during the term or was it on like half term? No, it was uh, around the summer, so June. In fact, it was funny, the football, the World Cup was on mm. at that time okay. and it was that day that it was England and Panama. Um, so England mm. and Panama were playing as we were filming the scene. So I was like, I had to shut that off. I was like, don't tell me the football score. I need to concentrate. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I have a lot of memories, good memories, uh, memories of meeting people who I'd never met before and become firm friends with. And that's, again, that's the joy of, of the industry, I guess. You know, you, you just, you go into it with every intention of having a great time and doing the work and you get people who just kind of gravitate and uh, and become really, really good friends. So yeah, it was, uh, was a highlight of 2018 for me, mm. definitely. Apart from England getting to the semi-finals. <laughs> so yeah, but... <laughs> What was the process like? The fund, the fund. Did you apply for funding or so? No, we didn't. No, um, it was all pretty much off our own backs. We um, we said, okay, what do we need to to do this? You know, what what's the breakdown of costs? How much do we need? How much can people put in a month? So, uh, me personally, I know that um, I ha I did every month putting it in because it was quite daunting. So, I'd was the crew all friends? Were you all friends, or did you no. kind of just hire them, or how did um, it work? Well, Darren actually, Darren had the contacts, um, mm. so he'd met people from his other films that he'd made, mm. and uh, he just kind of drafted them in, and you know, he had a good team. He's made a really, really good team, um, mostly friends um, that he'd met through other films. So um, when he approached me, obviously I met him on a film that we did about four years ago, um, uh, and uh, and yeah, it was um, we just kind of had to bite the bullet because it was the first time that I'd ever been approached to put money into a film that I was associated with, which is quite which is daunting. But I think it's rewarding at the end, isn't it? When you see the final. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you you you. Uh, the thing is, once the the train pulls out the station, I mean, you guys know this. Once the yeah. kind of train pulls out the station, you can't stop it. Yeah, you have to keep going with it, <laughs> no matter how much you want to pull the mm. brakes. Um, so we just kind of went with it. But Darren was very keen on uh, on me focusing on the acting. So Darren mm. was like, "Okay, I don't, I don't want you worrying about the producing right now. I want you just to focus on this, and yeah. you know, I want you to get the the emotion out of this, and I don't want you to be focusing on what." You know, yeah, explain um, about the process of you acting and also producing it. Did you, because like you said, you were focusing on acting. Were you just putting in the money or were you doing other things? Um, so obviously I was acting. Um, I was mainly responsible. It was quite good because my time to shine in terms of finances came afterwards because um, I was responsible for the film submissions. So the festival submissions, I would, uh, mm. I'd see to them and that was, that was all on... Um, on basis of how much they wanted, how much Heat Festival wanted for submissions. Um, I think Darren Darren King put up most of the money himself and then Sammy Johnston, who's also one of the producers, um, handled the venues, all the locations, getting the, the sets together, getting the food in. Um, she really kind of, her first time producing, she pulled out all the stops. She was great. Um, Ray Whelan, um, who also played um, mm. my boyfriend Jay in the film, uh, he produced it as well, so he put a bit of money into it as well. So mm. it's kind of like a four pronged approach, mm. which meant that, which was quite nice because it meant that no one person was having to shoulder the entire burden of the money and, yeah. and not having to stress too much about okay. things. But uh, but just little, I mean, you know, we we're not 
we don't we don't come from money we you know we're not we're, we, i wouldn't say that we're comfortable we all have jobs and we all mm. would need to go and pay bills and that's the most daunting factor of it because it's either make a film or eat and yeah. uh and nine out of ten times you, since, you make the film since you mentioned it, how long did it take you to actually get on the uh, on the screen Oh, from the, the pre-production, yeah, oh, from pre-production to oh, end product. so pre-production was actually quite short, from what I remember. Mm. Um, we we didn't have to really go and find uh, crew; they were kind of already there, and mm-hmm. and people just kind of gravitated to us in way of casting. So it was was uh, you the casting director, or was it? No, no, we we amazingly did it by Facebook Messenger oh, by oh, just cool. saying, you know, reaching out to people. I think uh, Perry Benson, who was um, in This Is England, and um, and uh, Benidorm, yeah, mm. he, uh, mm. he, Darren was actually a very long time fan of his, and he messaged him on Facebook and he said, "Look, I've got this script and I had you in mind. Would you kindly come and do it?" And Perry mm. very kindly said yes. Um, so we had him, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would say altogether we shot it in one summer, so from about June to July time, uh, maybe even August time. And over the weekend, so we had to balance people's availabilities. Mm. Um, if somebody, if one of the crew had to go off and do a paid job, mm. uh, we had to work the schedule around their availability. Uh, but thankfully, it all kind of came together really well. Um, two, three days, two, three days a week filming, mm. shooting, reshoots. Um, didn't have many of them. From really? what I, I was going to ask you the next question about what kind of obstacles you felt faced on set. Any. Oh, I mean the usual, the the uh, <laughs> the um, you know weather, uh, that horrible wind, the horrible it? wind. Mm. Um, actually, it was quite funny. Wait, do you have the battery dying? Battery dying. Yeah, uh, people losing stuff. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, yeah. Darren happens. Darren was actually did most of the editing himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was at the editors and did the editing with the editor himself. Um, he did a really fantastic job because uh, there was one time where we'd shot an entire thing on a mobile phone. Really? Trying to get it for a mobile phone shot. Yeah. We wanted it to come across as somebody had filmed uh, part of a sequence on their phone. Okay. And uh, long story short, nobody really thought to get it on another phone. And uh, we lost the phone. and the, We lost the footage, the entire day's footage oh of the phone. So we had to Ooh. work around that. And Darren... Was, Did you have to reshoot that? No, Darren, you know, we we couldn't in the end. We we just had to go, okay, oh, Darren, you know, I, I only heard about this afterwards. But Darren was like, okay, I had to do this and do that. And everything was kind of mm. edited in a way that we could get around that. Mm. Um, but again, I'd give full props to Darren. He's he's always got that head on. He's a brilliant filmmaker. He can do things on the fly really? that most people would find difficult. Um, yeah, because he's just that kind of person, I guess. So, so yeah. do you feel the need to always try and stay current, like always try and work on a project, or are you comfortable with going long periods of time without filming? Um I get very, I get very itchy when I don't yeah. do I'm stuff same for a advice. long time. Same, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure yeah. anybody you get, would. You, you start feeling depressed a bit. Well, mm. well, I mean, this is the thing, you know. <laughs> mm. I, I, it's funny because I actually got back off of, of a tour, TIE tour, um, mm. in November, so late November. So it's not like I've had that much time out of work. Mm. Mm. But I'm, you know, I'm always climbing the walls. I'm, you know, there is stuff, and I've been having auditions, and you know, reaching out to you guys to do sh- to do podcasts, and yeah. you know, reaching out to people and going to casting workshops as well. That's mm. always a good way to to keep busy. 
Mm. But um, it, there comes a point where you just have to, you know, you, you really want to be on a set or you really want to have a job, a script to read, a play to do. A always something. Film. Yeah, There's yeah, always yeah, something. So do you prefer to be in front of the camera or behind the camera? Oh, definitely in front. In front, so you're an actor, would you say? Definitely, I'm you first prefer and to foremost do an act, yeah, actor, actor at heart. Actor at heart. Yeah. I think mm. that's you know, I, I there is no better feeling for me than when uh, I'm on stage or in front of a camera, more so in front of a camera. But I do get, I do, there are points where I do miss doing stage, um, mm. and there's no feeling like that, um, that live risk mm. that, um, that you get with doing stage. Because anything could go wrong, isn't it? Uh, I mean, in a film, something can go wrong. You go cut, reset. Start, yeah. mm. And in a play, you got to work your way around it, mm. and yeah. that's that keeps the the brain sharp, I suppose. So yeah, mm. I it's um, but first and foremost, primarily and so would you not do any acting. camera work or DOP or? It's funny. Um, I've tried my hand at a little camera work before, mm. and and I think I've got the eye. I also do various bits of video editing as well. Um. In and out, on a sort of ad hoc basis, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I could I could give it a go, you know, mm. see how it goes. But the thing for me is, I'm I'm, uh, it's always the pull of acting. Mm. There's all this with me that it's it's a pull. With me, there's there's no better feeling. Um, mm. I can work and I, I'm good and I'm solid at doing things to do with film or doing things to do with plays. I, I directed my first play last year. Um, called Playfulness at, a, at uh, the Central Theatre okay. last May. Um, mm. And I had a blast doing that. I loved that. I would consider directing a film or directing a play again um, because actually, you know, uh, again, it's very creative and I could use, visually, I could see what was going to happen and what was going on. But um, acting, there's just no better feeling for me. Pretty much. Would you say you've always known you wanted to be an actor from young, as it as it always started from? When did it kickstart? You started uh, realize you like an actor. When I was really young, when I was about eight or nine, possibly even earlier. But as a family, we used to go to the theatre, mm -hmm. and we used to go and see Blood Brothers. I've mm. seen that. You've seen that, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, that used to be. I think I've seen that show about. F Five, maybe six, seven times. Uh, oh, I don't like it I that much, young. but it's good. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, no. no. <laughs> six no. times. Yeah, yeah. It's that. That's what kind of family. I've seen we Lion were. King about four or five times. Yeah, it's great. I saw that the first time mm. with my mum a couple of months ago. It was great. It's great. Really fantastic. Um, but that was where it was kind of stemmed from because, of course, in the theatre you get them going off stage, and as a kid you sort of sitting there going, "Where do they go? You know, mm. where? What? What's mm. behind that?" wing or whatever and then mm. you you actually go and you do a show and you find out the wings are just like this black <laughs> thing and it's just like full of ladders and full of scaffolding but but i mean the feeling of being on stage and uh, is just a wonderful wonderful feeling and and uh that's where it started for me the um the idea of i could do this for a job actually at one point i wanted to be a paramedic oh. i've suddenly remembered that and people always People really? on my family say, when I say, oh, I always wanted to do... Your dad's a paramedic, isn't it, Paris? Yeah, not he, anymore. He did like 40 years. Yeah, really? he retired recently. Uh, see, oh, He retired, I mean, though. I suppose if I was a paramedic, I needed a science degree. I think, yeah. Well, now you probably do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or be able to drive a car really fast. Mm. So you've been on stage performing and unfortunately we acted behind the camera. Yeah. What do you think is easier in terms of acting ability-wise? Because like, on stage, like I said, it's live. If something goes wrong, then... Whereas you're in front of your camera, you can like cut, do it again, do it again. 
I guess. What would you prefer anyway? For me, I think film has to edge it because the I I like to use um, emotions to be able to play a scene. And I'm very kind of lots of people have different processes when when mm-hmm. they approach a role. Um, some people like to put on a wig or, or a funny nose, and that gets them into the role. Some mm-hmm. people like to dress from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much like to be on the to to do it from the inside out. Um, and uh, I think that uh, for me, emotions-wise, film is definitely better because you can have that time to kind of really get into where a character is in the scene or, or where he's come from mm. in the film or what's happened before. Um, Theatre, even though it's it's a bit more of a challenge because it is the live aspect and mm. it is the... Um, being able to keep up emotionally with with things, mm. uh, be listening, reacting, which um, which is great. I mean, when you're really kind of flowing and mm. feel that you're listening and reacting and can give a truthful performance on stage, it always feels good. Mm. But film, I like to be able to have the time to really kind of analyse where my character is, um, and uh, it just works. It just works for me. So do you have any upcoming projects other than the one you're do- that you're doing now or that's um, in the s- festivals? I'm, really, I, I'm just kind of focusing on promoting Soft Hands. Mm. Uh, so the last couple of months I've been posting about it on social media yep. and putting the trailers out there, communicating with companies yep. and podcasts and that sort of thing, you guys. And, yep. um, and there's a couple of more things coming up to do with Soft Hands. Um, there's probably uh, an opportunity for me to do some more film work in the pipelines in about a month or so, mm-hmm. but um, I don't want to kind of put that out there yet, just in case it of falls course. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you mm. guys understand, but yeah. Um, but yeah, and casting workshops and training, going to the gym, uh, eating properly, trying to keep things in balance, and, uh, mm. and not going stir crazy from. Uh, not having enough work yeah <laughs> so yeah so for the listeners just tell people your social media where they can find you and all your work and everything uh so social media wise uh twitter is at cameron bell 92 uh instagram is cameron underscore underscore bell 92 uh facebook is cameron bell um i'm also on linkedin if anybody is in on linkedin i'm also on that cameron bell um and uh, my work can be found on spotlight uh also can be found on my youtube channel that I have um, and yeah I think I've covered everything that's good so thank much. you for coming on today thank you so thank much, you so much for joining us on thank the podcast you. today thanks so much great having you cheers, cheers. thank you